Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. What's going on, Cornerstone Church? If you're excited to be worshiping today, let's hear it. And hey, can we also hear it for our worship team for leading us in worship so well today? Well, hey, I've been looking forward to speaking uh, today. Today, We're going to jump right in, okay? We're going to jump right in. We are in part three of our series, Milk and Honey, Giants and Wolves. And today we're going to talk about another critical aspect of us walking into God's promises for our life, right? That's what we've been discussing this whole series. How can we walk into the promises of God? How can we see them come uh, into actualization in our life? So if you've been with us, you know that the first thing that we talked about, the very first thing that we need to do is that we need to connect to his power, right? That if we try to do life on our own, if we try to uh, live life to the full on our own and get into the promises of God on our own, we ain't gonna do it. Like it's just not gonna happen. We're not gonna be able to do it effectively. So we need to connect into his power. Another thing that we need to do is as we're doing that, as we're connecting to God, as we're believing him, we, we need to expect a fight. We need to just expect to fight. We need to expect there are going to be hard times that come, that there is going to be opposition, there is going to be struggle, and there is going to be hardship, and we shouldn't be surprised by it. And not only should we not be surprised by it, we should be thankful for it. Like, we should be thankful for for the opposition and the hardship that we face in our life because it shapes us, and it's what helps make the promised land the promised land, right? It's what helps make it uh, so sweet. So that's where we've been so far. So today, we're going to be looking at a third critical thing that we need to keep in mind as we are going to to achieve the uh, promises and the potential that God has put inside of us, and it's all about, as we've talked about already today, paying attention, paying attention. So if you've never really paid attention to a sermon before, you have to pay attention to this. I mean, we're talking about attention, come on. Like, you you gotta do it today, okay? We're talking about paying attention. but if I'm being honest, I won't fault you too bad if you have a hard time because if you follow me on Instagram, you'd know that from my stories, I had a hard time uh, paying attention on my own sermon this week. <laughs> like, I was just, I don't know, like I was just having a hard time. I was having a hard time paying attention. Um, There's just a lot of stuff going on while I was trying to prep, just a lot of stuff which, I mean, there always is. Everybody's got a lot of stuff. But as I was trying to prep for the sermon, um, this week we're trying to get a new car. Like, we're looking for a new car because between my wife's car and my car, they kind of could equal one car. Like, if we Frankensteined it and, like, put them together because they're just, they're bad. They're on their last legs. We're going to be Fred Flintstone in it pretty soon if we don't get a new car. So we're looking for a new car. Uh, My youngest, Griffin, he turns one. uh, uh, He turns one here soon. And so we've been planning his party. Like, we've been trying to plan his party and get stuff for it. Um, And it's crazy. He's super into puppy dog pals, like loves puppy dog pals. There is no puppy dog pal party supplies anywhere. If any executives from Disney Junior are watching this, which I'm sure they are, right? I'm sure you are. You need to step your game up. There's no puppy dog pal stuff anywhere, and I'm pretty upset about it, all right? I'll I'll step off off my soapbox now. (laughs) But it's been hard. We've been trying to find it, so we're like finding generic dog stuff to try to have a a party. (laughs) So that's been a a thing. And then just normal work, right? There's just normal work. And so all of these things have been competing for my attention while I've been trying to sermon prep. And so I'll be prepping for a little bit, and then before I know it, I'm on cars.com looking for a new car. And before I know it, I'm looking for puppy dog pal stuff on Amazon. Amazon, right? Because all of these things are competing 
for my attention throughout the week. And it is crazy how quickly my attention can get arrested by these things. How quickly my attention can be held captive by these, these side projects, these other items, and completely take me off course. And that is what we are talking about today, arrested attention. How easy it is for our attention to just completely be held captive, to be taken off course, and for us to start focusing on things that we shouldn't be focusing on. Arrested attention. Anyone paying attention? If you're paying attention right now, I'm going to check this to see. Just put a little hand raise emoji. Let's see all the people who are raised. Yeah, there we go. All right, there's the people who are paying attention today. So I want to ask you a question real quick. How attentive do you think your attention is? How attentive do you think? Like, do you, do you feel like you're a pretty attentive person? Like, yeah, I notice things. I notice things. I have, I have good attention. Whenever I'm locked in, I'm locked in. Um, we're going to do a little test here. We're going to see how attentive everybody is, okay? Um, let, let's find something out. I don't know if you guys do, if you have your phones on you, but if you're watching online, you've got a phone next to you. I want us to try something real quick. Okay, so phones. We look at those all the time, like multiple times a day, right? Like, dozens and dozens of times a day. So you're looking at this thing all the time. I want to ask you, without looking, don't open up your phone, what is the icon? What app do you have at the top right of your phone? Do you know what it is? People on stage, would you guys be able to accurately do that? All right, all right. Well, let's see. Go ahead and open up your phone. See if you got it right. See if you got it right. If you got it right, I want a thumbs up in the chat. I want to know that you got it right. Okay. All right, close your phone down again. If you're good to go, close it down. Um, so everyone's phones can be organized differently. I doubt everybody's phone is the exact same with the icons all arranged in the same place. But one thing is universal across all phones, Android, iPhone, whatever. Whenever you press like the on button, you, you wake up your phone, the time is prominently displayed. What time was it? What time was it? You just opened your phone, right? What time was it? Did you get that right? Okay, all right, we're just, we're seeing your attention. We're seeing where it's at, if you got that right. Okay, here's one for everybody in the room. Everybody, close your eyes. Eyes closed. Eyes closed online. Close your eyes. I've now been talking for six minutes. What am I wearing? What am I wearing? I want you, the, the whole outfit, right? The whole outfit. What, top, bottom, shoes. shoes. <laughs> shoes. All right, we got some good people in here. Okay, we got some good people paying attention. How about people online? Open up your eyes. Did you get it right? It's crazy. A lot of people, we, we get those wrong. Phones that we look at all day long. We can't tell what icon is where. We don't know what time it is when we've just seen it. Someone can be speaking for six minutes and we're going, wait, okay, it was like some shade of blue, wasn't it? And maybe cat, were they white shoes? Like, it's crazy. We think we have good attention. We think that we're attentive and we're on it. And oh yeah, I can, I can focus my attention we would be shocked at how bad we can be when it comes to paying attention. Attention is a very interesting thing. It's crazy the things that we'll notice and we won't notice, things that we hear and we don't hear, things we see and we don't see. Attention is an interesting thing. Not just interesting, attention is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. So uh, the Browns are gonna be playing later today, right? The Browns are gonna be playing, super pumped for football season to start up. And here's the thing about attention. As I'm watching the Browns later, if I am focusing on the game, there's a very good chance I'm going to be sad, <laughs> right? In all likelihood, I'm going to leave that day, leave watching the game in a sad, depressed, upset mood. That's just, that's just the likelihood, right? If my attention is on the game. 
Now, if my attention is on the people I'm watching the game with, if like I'm kind of paying attention to the game, but really I'm talking to people, we're having a good time, we're hanging out, we're eating, just having fun, right? Even if the Browns lose, am I going to be like super upset? Probably not. Because my attention wasn't completely focused on the game. It was somewhere else. My attention, my focus was on something other than the game. You see, the crazy thing, the crazy thing about attention, and this is why it's so powerful, the focus of my attention, it actually becomes the reality I experience. Isn't that crazy? And you know it's true. The focus of my attention, where my attention is at, what I am focusing on, where my eyes are set, where my ears are tuned in, that becomes the reality I experience. And no, I'm not talking any new age, lining up your chakras, and I'm going to make my reality come into being. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm just talking about the the solid facts that wherever my focus is, generally speaking, that's where my, that's that's what I'm going to start experiencing in life. And this is what I mean. So like I said, Jessica and I are looking for a car. We're looking for a new car. Um, we've been looking and we found a beautiful Honda Pilot. It's like a 2016 Honda Pilot, which is an SUV. Found it for sale online. It was like perfect. We, we don't have a lot. Like we, we don't have a lot of wants, a lot of requirements. We need leather seats because of kids, right? We need to be able to just wipe stuff off rather than try to scrub stuff out. So we need leather seats. We need a third row and... That's pretty much it. Like that's, a, that's our only non-negotiables are those two things. And so we're looking for cars. We're looking for one. We find this Honda Pilot. It's beautiful. It's got our two requirements. Oh, and it needs like four wheels, right? Like it needs that too. Um, but it's got all of our requirements and then some. Like it has other stuff. And it's just beautiful. And we're like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. Um, and it's Friday afternoon. So we're like, ah, the, the sales office, it closed at a weird time that Friday. So we're like, well, we can't go today. And actually this weekend's going to be hard because of what's going on. But Monday we'll go. First thing Monday we'll go when they open up. And you can probably already tell where this story is going since we're still looking for a car, right? <laughs> so Monday comes. We go to open up the page on uh, Sarah Honda's you know, site. And we open it up. And sure enough, it's down, like it's like the listing is gone. The car has been sold. And we're sitting there and I'm, I'm in our living room and I'm sitting there on my phone. I'm like, are you kidding me? Kind of put my phone down I'm like, man, would have been perfect. It was in our price range, it was such a nice car. And before I know it, I start going down a rabbit hole of sadness and just throwing like an epic pity party to myself, right? I'm just like, man, never get what we want. Like what in the world? What is going on here? That car, I thought that car was going to be ours. I just can't believe how things don't go our way. Of course, other people we know recently have gotten cars that they really wanted. And here this one falls through our fingertips. And as I'm like saying this stuff in my head, luckily I hadn't said it out loud because it's so stupid. As I'm saying this in my head, I like stop myself and kind of slap myself across the face. Like, what, what are you talking about? You're saying nothing goes your way. You're saying you're not getting anything. And oh, woe is me while you put down your brand new iPhone, <laughs> while you're surrounded by your beautiful wife and beautiful kids as they're playing in your house that you just bought last year, and you're really throwing this pity party. You really think things are that bad for you. But in that moment, it did feel like that. In that moment, it did feel like, well, man, why can't things go our way? And it's because the focus of my attention became the reality I experienced. I completely blocked out all these blessings around me. I completely blocked out all these amazing things God has done for me because I was so focused on what I didn't get. The focus of our attention, I promise you, it's going to become the reality you experience. And you already know this to be true. The focus of your attention becomes your reality. You know it's true because you allow one comment to ruin your night, right? 
One person said something, you took it wrong, and now the rest of your night is ruined because all you can focus on is that. And so now you're thinking, well, does this dress look weird? Should I not have been wearing it? Like, or, or he thinks, do they think I'm stupid? Is that why he said that? Do they not like me? Your night's ruined because of one comment. It becomes your reality. You, you completely lose your confidence because of one photo you were tagged in that you're like, dear Lord, why did they post that <laughs> online, right? And your self-confidence, you see it and you're like, well, it's shot. I'm never going out in public again. Like I'm never going out again, right? Because the focus of your attention became the reality you experienced. That one sin, you've been doing so good. You've been doing so good. You've been following Jesus and you slip up, you sin. And instantly, that starts to become the reality you experience. You go, well, you know what? I'm just a, I'm just a screw up. I'm, I'm not gonna get this right. And you allow that one moment to define everything. You allow that one moment, that, that one focus of your attention to become the reality that you experience and it throws you off course. Attention is a powerful thing. Attention becomes reality, whether you want it to or not. So I wanna ask you, where is your attention? Where is your attention? Why don't you put that in the chat? Just ask yourself, where is my attention? God, where is my attention today? Where am I setting my sights? What am I looking at? What am I focusing on? Do you know? Are you able to, to articulate? Do you know where your attention is at? You need to. You need to. Because attention takes intention. It takes purpose. You have to be purposeful about things. You have to be purposeful and have a concerted effort on what you're going to focus on and what you're not. Because isn't this true? We normally think that attention is just what we focus on, like what I'm gonna zero in on. A lot of times it's not even just what we're focusing on, it's what we're filtering out. It's not just, okay, I'm gonna focus on this, I need attention to focus on this thing. It's no, we need attention to filter stuff out that has no business being on our mind. Stuff that we have no business dwelling on or thinking about. Uh, just this last month, as I was getting ready to take over uh, as lead pastor, in August, I decided I, I prayed about it and I wanted to fast. I wanted to do a period of fasting during the month of August because I wanted to make sure I entered and I stepped into this role as ready as I possibly can be for what uh, lies ahead. And so pretty much what I did is I fasted all day. I fasted until about five o'clock. And then generally I would eat from like a five to six o'clock range. That's, that's what I would do every day. Um, but one thing that was kind of hard with it is I'm also at the same time like working out and trying to get into a shape and, you know, I'm, I'm watching what I eat and all this different stuff. And so I have these two competing realities where I'm, I'm wanting to fast for the sole purpose of making sure I'm spiritually ready and where I should be to step into the lead pastor role while at the same time I'm trying to lose weight but I'm not wanting to fast for the wrong reasons. I'm not wanting to fast and then every single day be stepping on that scale and be like, yes, thank you, God. Thank you, it's glory to you. Like that's not, what I'm, that's not what I'm trying to do. So I'm telling you, I had to make a concerted effort. I had to, with intention, pay attention to the fact that I won't be paying attention to my weight. It, it sounds crazy, right? But I had to pay attention to not pay attention to my weight. Because if I just let old habits kick in, every morning I step on the scale. Every day I'm watching what I eat and portioning things out. I'm very intentional about it. And so if I do not pay attention to the fact that I am trying to fast solely for the purpose of getting closer to God and preparing myself spiritually and not for some other diet issue, I would fall into that. I'd fall into that quick, right? Attention takes intention. It's what we focus on. It's what we filter out. 
We've got to be careful what's going into our head and we've got to be careful what we're not allowing to get the time of day in our life. We've got to filter things out. You know how many things are out there that are just completely and utterly unworthy of your attention? They just have no business being anywhere near you. Things that you don't need to be dwelling on, things that you don't need to be thinking out, they are unworthy things. Things that will distract you from God's best from your life, things that will try to take you off course from going to the promised land, the place where your potential lies, the place where the purpose that God has in mind for you lies, the place where you're supposed to be. And these unworthy distractions will pull you off course. Very similar to what happened to the Israelites that we've been reading about this series in Numbers 13. Very similar to the, to the trappings that Jesus' followers in Luke 10 could have fallen into. We're going to jump into those here in just a moment. But these are things that they fell into. These distractions, these things that competed and arrested their attention. And because of it, they did not get to see the promise of God fulfilled in their life. And that's why this is so important. That's why we're talking about attention today. Because if you are not careful about what you focus on and what you filter out, what's going to happen is God's promises for your life, the potential that you could live up to, the purpose he has in mind for you. If you are not careful about focusing and filtering, what's going to happen is that promised land, it's either going to be blocked it's either going to be blocked, it's going to be forfeited by you. You're just going to straight up give it up. Or number three, you'll make it to a promised land, but it's not the promised land you were supposed to go to. And we're going to look at those three things for the rest of our time together. So what fights for our attention? What are these distractions? What are these unworthy things that fight for our attention? Well, the first thing that fights for our attention is challenges and opposition. Challenges and opposition. These are the giants and wolves, right? These are the giants and wolves. This is a little bit of what we talked about during week one of this series. We're going to jump into Numbers chapter 13. I know we've read this so much, you're probably going to have this memorized by the time this series is done. But this is what it says in Numbers 13, starting in verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. Then we're going to jump ahead after they've already explored. And this is what they said after they uh, went to the land and saw what it was like. They said, we went to the land which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. First thing I notice about this is the Lord said, send some men to explore the land and they come back with a report on the people. The Lord told them, explore the land, and they come back with a report on the people, and God's saying, well, wait, wait, where was your attention? <laughs> was your attention on what I said, or is it on what you started to see around you? Was it on the challenges and oppositions that came in your way? Where is your attention? God's asking you that today. Where is your attention? Is it on these things, the, the, the cities, the powerful people, the things that cause you to fear, that cause you to worry, that cause anxiety, that cause stress in your life? These things, the challenges and oppositions, these are the things that come up in our life. And what they do is they try to block us from getting into the promised land. They try to block us from getting God's promises in our life. Our challenges, our oppositions, our, our hardships, our past. Maybe you had a dysfunctional childhood, Right? And so the giants and wolves that stand in your way are the opposition of, no, 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 you, you think that you can get to the promises of God? No, no, no. Your damaged goods, not with what they did to you. No, with the way your mom and dad talked about you, your daddy issues, no. The promised land isn't for people like you. Just go about your way. Go somewhere else. The promised land, it, it's not for you. 
Maybe you're someone who, because of your age, because of your health issues, you feel like you should be able to step into the promised land, but the enemy, the giants, and the wolves that are lurking there are telling you, no, 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 the promised land isn't for you. How, how old are you again? No, 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 promised land is for young, vibrant people, people who have energy enthusiasm, not you, sorry. What are your health issues? Oh, that's adorable. And you think that you can claim these kind of promises, that you can live up to this kind of potential? No, that's not happening for you. Sorry about that. Be on your way. The giants and wolves, they block the way, the opposition, the challenges, the struggles, the hardships. They try to block the door to the promises of God. And so often those are the things we focus on. Those are the things that our attention gets arrested by, by our childhood, by by our health issues, by our age, by our dysfunction, by our addictions, by our relapses. That's where our attention goes. And so we go, well, I thought the promised land was for me, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. And we allow the challenge and the opposition to block the door. What else fights for our attention? What are some other things that are trying to arrest our attention off of where it should be and onto them? Well, misunderstandings. Misunderstanding is a big one. I gotta say this might be my biggest out of the three that we're gonna talk about today. Misunderstandings. We're gonna jump ahead to Luke chapter 10 now. We're gonna leave Numbers 13, jump ahead to Luke chapter 10. This is what we've been reading about Jesus getting ready to send out his uh, followers, send them ahead to go minister in different cities that he's about to visit. And this is what he tells them as he's sending them out in Luke chapter 10, verses three and four. He says, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. Do not greet anyone on the road. That always struck me because it felt like not a very Jesus thing to say, like, hey, don't talk to anybody. Like, just just blow right past them, right? It just seems kind of weird. So looking up and uh, studying it a little bit, back in this day, back in this time, and in this culture, uh, greetings were very tedious things. Very customary, a lot of rituals you have to do. Takes up a ton of time. A ton. To, think of like you're trying to get some information and you call someone on the phone and you got to talk for like 20 minutes before you're like, yeah, yeah. Anyways, why I was actually calling, right? You have to get through all the formalities and stuff. That's what Jesus is saying. He's like, look, just don't greet anyone on the road. It's gonna take time and what you're doing, the promised land I'm calling you to, what I'm asking you to do, the mission that you have, it is so critical, we can't waste any time. Don't greet anyone on the road. But I know my personality. (laughs) I'm a people pleaser. I like people liking me. I don't like people being upset with me or being angry with me. And so I see this and I'm like, if I heard those marching orders from Jesus, I'm like, well, aren't people gonna misunderstand? Like, aren't they gonna be, think I'm rude? Aren't they gonna think that wasn't kind of me? Aren't they gonna think maybe I'm judgmental or anything like that? Or uh, what are people going to think? I hate being misunderstood. I hate it. I hate it. It's one of my biggest fears that people would misunderstand my motives, misunderstand why I say things, why I do things. I feel like you can hate me as long as the day is, but I want you to hate me because you know exactly what I stand for. (laughs) Like, I don't want you to hate me or dislike me because you think something wrong about me. If you're going to dislike me, I want it to be because, oh, yeah, no, that's actually right. I don't agree with that, or I I do agree with this. I want you to hate me because you actually hate me, (laughs) not because you hate your idea of me. I hate being misunderstood. And so I look at this and I think, man, this is, this is a pretty big thing that can take you off course from reaching the promises of God, right? This is something that can take you off course, the fear of being misunderstood. Because if you're like me and you wanna be liked and you're afraid of being misunderstood, then that means you probably have unhealthy relationships in your life 
that you need to get out of, that you need to separate yourself from, unhealthy friendships, unhealthy uh, dating relationships, stuff that you have got to get out of the way of, and you are so afraid of being misunderstood. You're so afraid of your buddies and your friends not understanding why, why you're backing out. You're so worried about it, right? You're so like, oh, well, what if they think I'm judgmental? What if, what if they think that I don't think they're good people? What if, what if they think, and so you never back away, right? And you just allow them to kind of help pull you down. You never reach your potential. You never reach where you're supposed to be because you are so worried, so worried about being misunderstood, so worried about not being liked. How many of us, honestly, how many of us, we've never shared our faith with our family or with our friends because of this? We're afraid of being misunderstood. We're afraid of them. Well, what, what would their reaction be? Would they be upset with me? Do they think I'm judging them, that I think I'm better than them? I don't want to be called a goody two-shoes. Like, I don't want them to think that I'm on some pedestal and I'm holy because I'm sharing my faith with them. What, what if they think that, like, I'm judging them that they're not living a good life? Like, what if I'm judging them that they need my help for me to help rescue them with my faith? I just don't, I don't feel comfortable doing it. And so what happens is because of a fear of misunderstandings, the door to the promised land, it's not blocked. We willingly forfeit it. We're like, okay, never mind. Never mind. If that's what it takes, if it takes me possibly being misunderstood by people, by people thinking that I'm judging them, by people thinking that I'm being a certain way, if that's what it takes, then I'm okay with okay. I'm okay with where I'm at. I don't need to step into that potential. I don't need to step into that purpose. Maybe someone else can do it, but not me. Fear of misunderstandings can lead us to forfeit the promises of God. What's the third thing? Third and final thing we're going to be talking about that fights for our attention. Concerns and comparisons. Concerns and comparisons. This is another big one, especially in today's day, social media, where we're posting everything and we get to see exactly how other people are living and exactly what God is doing in other churches and exactly what God is doing in other people's lives. We get a constant feed of it 24-7 available whenever you want it. So we are acutely aware of what other people are getting and what we're not getting, right? Like we're, we're constantly aware of that. And this is a big thing that can hurt us as we try to live out God's promises for our life. And where we see this is the exact same set of verses we were just in. We're gonna be in Luke 10, again, reading the exact same verses starting in verse three. Jesus says, go, I'm sending you out like a lamb among the wolves. Do not, uh, do not take a purse or a bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. Jesus is telling his followers who, they don't even know how long they're gonna be gone, by the way. They're, they have no idea. And he's telling them, don't prep at all. <laughs> Don't prep at all. Don't bring a purse. Don't bring a bag. Don't bring sandals. Don't bring anything. And what Jesus is getting at here, he's getting at, hey, don't be worried about things on the road. Don't be concerned about where you're going to eat. Don't be concerned about where you're going to sleep. Don't be concerned about what you're going to wear. Don't be concerned about any of those things. What you're doing is too important to have these concerns weigh you down and hurt you in any way. I don't want you to take anything. Just trust me to provide. Trust God to provide for you. I don't want you to be concerned about anything. But there's another point that I think is inherent here, and it's not just about uh, uh, concerns, but it's about comparisons. I think to a degree, <laughs> Jesus doesn't want any followers worrying about, well, what did you pack? Well, what did you pack? What do you have? Oh, I should have brought that too. Oh, I wish I would have had that. You're bringing what on the trip? Oh, if only I could have one of those. Comparison. I mean, comparison is a huge thing. And what comparison will do 
Comparison, it won't block the door to the promised land. It won't have you forfeit your, your claim to the promised land. No, what it will do, comparison will take you to a promised land that is not meant for you. Comparison will take you to a promised land that's for somebody else, but you are so focused on them. Your attention is only on what God is doing for them or what God's doing for that church or what God is doing in their marriage that you're focusing on this and you're just walking into their promised land. And that's a pretend promised land. It's a fake promised land. It is a counterfeit promised land. It's not at all what God had in mind for you. What he had in mind when he formed you in your mother's womb, what he had for you will be forfeited because you're too busy following someone else's lead. Comparison is deadly and it will keep us out of the promised land. This is a, a deadly one. Man, I feel like this is something that we could be on for weeks. Just the comparison game. Just the comparison game. Why don't we declare that right now in this moment? Put it in the chat. I'm done with comparing. I'm done with comparing. I'm just feeling right now that this is one that a lot of people are resonating with. Me too. I'm done with comparing. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not gonna allow myself to follow someone else to their promised land. I'm gonna be faithful and I'm gonna follow God to what he has in mind for me, not a counterfeit. So I wanna ask you real quick, have you seen the common thread between all of these? Have you seen the common thread? Because there is a common denominator between all of these things that are fighting for our attention, the, uh, the challenges and the opposition, the fear of, of being misunderstood or not liked or people thinking that we're judging them, uh, the, the, the concerns that we may have or, or the comparisons that we may make. Have you seen the common theme? Because there is one. It's us. Me. <laughs> Me. We are the common theme. My biggest threat to reaching my God-given potential Myself. That's the biggest threat. That's the biggest, not giants and wolves, as scary as they may be, as hard as your past may be to get over, as scary as opposition is out there in the world, that's not the hardest thing. That's not the biggest threat. The biggest threat is me. It's me. It's myself. I am my own biggest threat when it comes to reaching the God-given potential in my life. We're, we're getting ready to uh, come up on spooky season real quick. Love, love spooky season. And I'm, I know I'm a pastor. I probably shouldn't be saying this. I, I like love. I love Halloween. I love Halloween. I love scary movies. I love all that stuff. And there's a scary movie that's, um, it's an older one, but they've like remade it not too long ago. So I'm not going to give you, uh, uh, what's the word, a spoiler warning. Like you just, like you should have seen the movie by now because it's been out for so long. But there's a movie and it's called When a Stranger Calls. Has anyone seen that one? Anyone seen that one? It's a good one. So When a Stranger Calls, the whole point of it is there's this girl, she's babysitting at this house. Um, she starts getting calls from someone who's like really creeping her out, like, you know, just like starting to say things that are borderline like murdery, <laughs> like I'm gonna kill you kind of things. And she's getting like real like tense about it. So eventually she calls the police and they're like, okay, um, like call, call like star 69, that number, and uh, we'll be on the other line. We'll trace it. We'll find out who this is or we'll trace it. And so she does that. She's like, okay. So she's on the phone with the killer, talking to him, <laughs> just having a chat, right, with the killer. Uh, and so he hangs up the phone and the police are telling her, I can't remember her name. They're like, it's like, you know, like Samantha or something like Samantha, Samantha, you've got to find somewhere safe in the house. Find somewhere safe right now. And she's like, why? What do you, what, what's going on? Did you find the number? They're like, yes, we found the number. It's coming from inside your house, right? Like it's coming from inside your house. And that's what I want to tell you today. Your biggest threat, your biggest threat is not out here. It's, it's coming from inside the house, the call is coming from inside the house. You are your biggest threat. I am my biggest threat. 
And you know what? Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Put that in the chat. Thank God I'm my biggest threat because you know what? I can't control what giants and wolves live in the land. I can control how I react to them. I can control that. I can't control people's misunderstandings. I can't control if people are gonna think that I'm mean or judgmental or if I'm too grace-filled. I, I can't control any of that. I can just control me. Like that's the only thing that I can control is myself. I can't control people's, uh, how they're living. I can't control how God's blessing other people. I can control how I react to that. Thank God I'm my biggest threat because that is who I can control. It's the only thing in the world that I can control is myself. Thank you, God, that it's not giants and wolves that I need to look out for. It's myself because I can do something about that. I can do something about that. And what is that thing? What is that thing that we can do? The antidote, the antidote to refocus our attention. It is so simple and it's so powerful. Prayer. That's it. Prayer. Refocusing our attention, putting our attention where it needs to be. Prayer is what does it. Prayer is what does it. It, it helps me to take my attention off of all of these lesser things, off of, off of worrying about misunderstandings, off of worrying about challenges and hardships that come my way, off of worrying about comparing my life and my calling to other people's. I'm able to just put my attention on God. I'm able to just put my attention on God, focus it where it belongs, talking to God, listening to God. That is what matters. That is the antidote to refocus my attention. Allowing God's truth, allowing God's truth to shape my experience. Do you know what that means? That means not allowing the misunderstandings or the challenges or the hardships, any of these things to shape my reality because I'm so focused on them. No, I allow God to shape my reality because I'm so focused on him. I'm so focused on him, I'm seeing God everywhere. <laughs> I'm so focused on him that whenever I see these things come up in my life, I don't see opposition, I see an opportunity. Because I'm so focused on God, it doesn't look like opposition anymore. It looks like an opportunity. I don't see challenges. I see circumstances to be able to put my faith in God in a new way, right? Like I, I don't see struggle in the same way. I don't see anything in the same way because my attention is on God and on who it should be, on what he's telling me about myself, what he's telling me about my situation. I allow that to shape my reality. I allow that to shape what I experience. I put my attention, I put my focus on the only person who's worthy of it, God. No one else in life, not even your spouse, is worthy of that. They can't live up to it. Only God. Only God. A prayer allows me to do that. It allows me to put my attention where it's supposed to go. It changes the way I see the world in every way. Like I told you, we're, we're looking for a car. We're, we're looking for a car, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. When you're looking for a car, what happens? You start seeing that car everywhere. <laughs> you start seeing that car everywhere. We've been looking at Honda Pilots specifically because they get such good reviews and, and you know, they've, they just they look nice and uh, we've got, had good experience with Hondas and so that's what we really zeroed in on, right? That's what we're really looking for. We see them all over the place now. We see them all over. People probably think we're like scoping out their car to steal it because we'll be in a parking lot and we'll be like, take a picture of that one. Take a picture. And they're probably like, uh, step away from my vehicle, right? Like we're, we're scouting it out to see what they look like and different models that we like. We see them all over the place. And that's because that's where our attention is at. That's where we're focused. I want to tell you, if your attention is on God, 
If your focus is on God, it's gonna shape your reality in such a way that everything you see is God. You're gonna be seeing him all over the place. You're gonna be seeing him everywhere, in the hard times, in the good times, in the valleys, at the mountaintops. Everywhere you are, you're gonna see God. And you're gonna see different ways that you can walk into the potential that he has for you, walk into the potential that he has for your life. So I wanna ask you one last time, where is your attention? Where is your attention? Is it where it should be? Is it on the only person who's worthy of it? Or is it on the giants and wolves? Is it on the opposition and the challenges that you face? Is it on the, the, the perceived misunderstandings, the worries that you have about people thinking you're judgmental or that you're a certain way? Is your attention on comparisons? Are you so focused on other people and how God is working in their life that you're missing what he's doing in your own? Where is your attention? Bow your heads and pray with me, all right? Father God, we are so thankful for you. We're thankful for the potential that you've placed inside each and every one of us. God, we're thankful for the purpose that you have crafted for every single person on earth. There is a purpose in mind for every single person who has ever been created that you have put out there for them to live into. God, there are promises that are out there for people to claim and to hold on to. But God, so often we allow ourselves to get beaten off the path. We allow ourselves to get focused on unworthy things. We allow ourselves to fix our eyes on things other than you. And God, when that happens, we know it only leads to struggle. We know it only leads to heartache. We know it only leads to regrets. And we don't want that anymore. We don't want that, God. We don't want these lesser unworthy things to arrest our attention one more day. So God, right now, we ask that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help us to keep our eyes upon you. That we would have our focus so solely set on you and on Jesus that all the other things around us would start to fade, that everything else would start to dim into the background because we are so focused on you, filtering out all those lesser things. And God, we know when that happens, we know whenever we are seeing you and we are focusing on you and our attention is on you, that our reality changes. We start seeing things around us different. We start seeing people differently. We start seeing our job in a different light. We see our marriage in a different light. We see our friendships in a different light. All of these things happen when our attention is where it's supposed to be, squarely on you. So help us do that today, God. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you as we run our race. We love you, Father. And we pray all of this in your mighty and your powerful name. And everybody said in agreement, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, hey, I'm gonna be praying for you. I'm gonna be praying. It's a hard thing, man. Attention, it, it, it's, it's squirrely, right? It can get off uh, at moment's notice. I'm gonna be praying for you that the Holy Spirit would help you to keep your attention where it is supposed to be squarely on God and you'd be praying for me too uh, that I would be able to do the same thing, that I'd be able to focus on God and on him alone. Uh, again, so happy that you guys were here in worship with us today. Please make sure you connect with us before you close out of this tab or anything. Let us know you were here. Uh, join uh, our journey starting point. The host is gonna be posting that in the chat. Uh, we want 
want to help you with your next steps, especially if you're new or especially if you're making a commitment to Jesus today. We want to help you uh, along that path, let you know what to expect, uh, help you pay attention as you're trying to intentionally follow Jesus. So make sure you do that and be back here next week as we close out our series. Uh, it's going to be a good one. I hope that you'll be here. And again, don't come alone. Share, share this video, right? Share this video with your friends, with your neighbors, with your coworkers. Do a house church. May I invite people that you're comfortable with over to your house, have a watch party at your house. Uh, do whatever you can to continue to reach people for the kingdom of God. Well, again, thank you so much for being with us. You can now, wherever you're at, stand and receive the blessing of the Lord. May Jesus Christ, our God and our King forever, be with you this day and every day. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.